Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Everyone, thank you for coming to uh, the 6th Annual Mantic Open Night here at Adepticon. As always, you guys make this a fantastic night. With all your faces. Uh, so we're going to start the day, night off with uh, the Q&A with Ryan like we always do. Uh, we have some special stuff for after the Q&A. Yep. That's uh, an, no video, right? Yeah, yeah. No video on this part after the Q&A. You're welcome to all look. I'll go drool. And then after that... Just at me. Have drinks and everything. And one short announcement. I did not have the vouchers with me. I left them at home. So when you come to the booth tomorrow, just show me a receipt and 20 bucks instantly off. All right? All right, so let's get started with some Q&A. will be, Roddy will be speaking in his sexy voice. Sexy voice? Do you want me to give my sexy voice? No. Yeah. We don't got a microphone no, this time. we don't. <laughs> okay. Hello, everybody, welcome. Thank you for coming. <laughs> okay, um, are we going to have Q&A or do you want a little banter about what we've got coming up or? Banter. Banter? Yeah. We'll start with banter. Um, what's next? You told me to pace myself. Oh, yeah. right. You said be like the 32 year old yeah, don't in the be club. The, don't be the 18 year old in the strip club. Okay. Okay. What's next? You got... We're going to save Vanguard for the end bit. Okay. So why don't you do your sci-fi summer? Okay. So uh, last summer we did Dead Zone Outbreak, which. Okay. <laughs> Show me your belly. Uh, no, later. <laughs> which uh, I think really kind of rejuvenated the Dead Zone crowd. Uh, it was great, great work by the RC. Well, yeah, mostly the RC, apart from Andrew over there. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a really good way to bring everything together because so much had changed since the book originally came out. And it's pretty much sold out. Totally uh, sold out. The book totally sold out. To put it in perspective, that book is selling the same quantities as Kings of War books. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so on the back of that, we thought, well, we need to kind of do it again. So, uh, uh, so a bit like Clash of Kings, it's going to become like hopefully a regular annual supplement. So this year's book is Dead Zone Escalation. Uh, it reprints all the faction lists that we had in Outbreak, and pretty much every single faction is getting a new unit. So it may not be a new model, but it's definitely a new unit. So we're actually bringing across some of the Dreadball Giants into Dead Zone, because there's some awesome models in there that we wanted to kind of use, like the big uh, Crestivore, the big Spider, the Nameless Spawn, so all those guys are coming over. We've also got some totally new stuff like the uh, Veermin Vault Chasers from Star Saga. So the Veermin are getting a bit of a boost, uh, literally in kind of in some way. Um, and then we've got some more Rebs from Star Saga as well. So, and the big thing is we, we kind of know everyone's got all these Mercs. So everyone's got a lot of mercenaries, but no one's kind of using them. So there's going to be a mercenaries list. So if you kind of want to get an elite 
black ops kind of squad of guys going in there, doing what the hell they want. And that's the, uh, that's the black ops one as well. Uh, we're also going to do loads of stuff, actually. There's uh, going to be multi-map scenarios, so you can have bigger games. Uh, so a lot. So I mean, I think Outbreak was fantastic, and we kind of want to repeat that with uh, Escalation. It's going to be even bigger. It's about 120 pages. I haven't told Ronnie yet, but it's 120 pages, the book. So it's like, it's fine. Shut this up. Yeah, yeah. It'll all be fine. Uh, but that's great. And I think, you know, we want to carry on doing it. I think it just shows that Dead Zone... You know, we needed a bit. Well, of... and the Warpath Universe, because Dread, yeah, yeah. Dread Balls had a real big pickup in the last three months. I don't know if you noticed that, but people have blamed Thanks to my appearances on the live stream. Yes, in spite, <laughs> of, in spite of his appearances on the live stream. Um, it's down to Jeff Burbage, I think. Oh, yeah, probably is, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's great. So all the Warpath kind of. And then uh, we're looking at, we obviously did the summer campaign last year. So I think we'd like to do something similar this year, maybe something a bit different rather than destroying another planet, because. We're going to run out of planets at this rate. Um, so look at maybe doing something more along the black ops side of the dead zones. You know, corporations sending in these guys uh, to do what they want, to disrupt the kind of other corporations. Uh, we've also got something called the incoming intel deck, which is uh, like random kind of events and other ways to earn victory points. So uh, rather than just going for the objectives, you can now have this kind of like, the guys are out in the field and random missions are coming in all the time that they have to kind of, uh, kind of complete on the fly. So that's been really fun. We've enjoyed testing that one. Um, that's quite a lot of cards as well. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. I think Dead Zone's kind of here to stay. Yeah, Dead Zone Warpath, is. Firefight. You know, the, the vehicles, the plastics for the whole Warpath universe are some of the best we've done. You know, and it's all clean. There's not ten-year-old stuff, and everything's perfect, pretty much. Um, if you're waiting for some of the Star Saga expansions, we'll probably be putting those out over the summer as well. During this sci-fi summer, so you can pick up the missing bits that you've got. Yeah. We'll unlock things like the Thermin faction, um, using all those models that have been knocked up. So there'll be new toys, new pretties, new shinies. We've got some totally new, new to things play. as well, like uh, Bolts, who's like a kind of goblin inside a peacekeeper armor. Oh, so a, go he's... a goblin. Yeah, a goblin. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's very goblin-heavy this release schedule. Um, and oh, yeah, and there's some um, ferromites and new nameless stuff. Uh, yeah, so it's got really good. So good night. That's uh, and June. Okay. So that's all the kind of Dead Zone stuff. Is there any questions about Dead Zone, Warpath, Firefight, or anything sci-fi? Yeah. Yep. So there's always sort of a, a, a little bit of a, a concern about engineers and medics. Have you thought about putting any missions where there's a slight advantage for engineers and or medics in that? Yeah, maybe that's so. Yeah, so I mean, we are... <laughs> <laughs> so there are, I mean, I think there's... There's changes to medics, right, Andrew? What's an engineer? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so the, we fly them over to provide you with insight, yeah, knowledge. Yeah, he gets pissed and then he forgets what he's doing. But um, uh, So there are some alternative scenarios, uh, but I think medics have got a boost, if I remember rightly. Yeah, so medics will be, so medics will be changing substantially from how they worked before, which should give them a lot more playability than they previously have had. They are not necessarily been picked first choice, so them and a few other things will be gaining some stuff. Yeah. Which will make them a little bit more versatile. Freya will finally be worth taking, I think, yes. Uh, but yeah, I think, and that's also, we've got some alternate missions in there as well. So uh, along with the core eight missions that we're reprinting in this one, there's also like ones which are um, kind of interactive scenery rules and things like that. So using the Star Saga scenery. Um, you've kind of got the option to hack terminals and things, so some of them will be uh, useful for that. So it's really nice, because we've had the rules out for a while, and the system's balanced, 
you can start playing around with the meta. You can start having fun with scenarios. Whereas there was certainly three, four, five years where we were just constantly writing games. Like, constantly writing, like, Warpath, Firefight, Kings of War, second, Dread Ball, second, Dead Zone, second. You know, but now we're in that lovely place where there's a player base, it's growing, the games are good, the RCs know what they're doing. Well, some. Well, <laughs> yeah. no. present company accepted. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's really nice that we're able to pop these books out that just have more depth, more crunch, use the things that we're tooling so that that interactivity happens. You take them out of your Star Saga and you, you put, put your computer consoles in. So, yeah, it's in a really good place and I think it's going to keep building. And the charm of sci-fi is there's lots and lots and lots of sci-fi universes. As long as it's credible, you know, if, you, if, you, if I said to you, name five fantasy IPs, you know, you get there and then it starts getting quite thin, quite quick. Okay, Lord of the Rings, you know, Game of Thrones, da da da. Whereas if you start doing that with sci fi, it just goes on forever. Star Wars, Star Trek, but the fifth element. You know, there's just, as long as that world is credible, it's credible, people can, can buy it. Nothing, the, the Warpath universe as a universe is here, it's living, and it's, it's going to keep growing because, you know, that's where Dreadball's played, that's where Dead Zones are, and like I say, the numbers for our side are. Spot on, they're good. There's a fan base out there, and it's growing. Oh, go and let the go on, go and let her out. What? <laughs> <laughs> Too early. Okay, so um, anything else on sci fi? And we're going to move on. Oh, yeah. So uh, I feel like here in the States, at least, uh, Warpath, Firefight, Warpath in general is pretty dead. Yeah. And uh, I used to play some last year, and we found a lot of. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a mess, I thought. Uh, what, what's what's going to happen to that? I mean, I, so, I, got, I got some nice big ships. Yeah, we got the army. So we lo- I asked the guys to look if we could fix it in this book this summer. I said, do Dead Zone. And, in, and in, at the same time, can you fix the very obviously broken parts of that? And they went, played it, came back and said no. <laughs> It's too much. So what we're gonna we're gonna so that was the if there was a quick fix we'd have done it because I think there is that next step progression from Dead Zone. I think people play Dead Zone, but I would be more than happy to see a little bit of a bigger game. I actually obviously went straight for the big battles because I'm a real man. That's thousands <laughs> of figures. Um and I nearly painted some of it. So no. you know, um <laughs> You know, and that that you know, epic scale warpath games. But I think they're gonna take more work than the, than than the, yes i think we've got to be looking at it so we need to do it properly if we're going to come out pick our time do it i'm, I'm going to wait for you know workshop to put 40k on square bases take all the points away and then boom i'm going to hit them with a 2.0 <laughs> <laughs> so i think yeah one of these days if they stop copying everything we do so, uh, we done on sci-fi? No, one more. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, the diversity of races, like in playing Star Saga, uh, and I was just curious if we're going to see more of like an introduction of new races, or we're going to see more of, say, like a additional cast or races that have been you know, like introduced, like like the, the Crystal Guys and stuff like that. I, I love the concept. I'm just curious. 
what kind of direction you're, you're uh, sort of heading towards? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of those now in escalation will be used as mercenaries in dead zone. So you can start adding them into your dead zones. Well, I mean, uh, dead zone squads. A lot of them are in Dreadball as well. So like the Crystallans are already in Dreadball. Uh, and I think we've got, I am kind of constantly full of ideas. I mean, I'd love a Matsudan, uh, like, you know, guys for dead zone. I mean, I think they'd be awesome. Uh, the Sphere, they'd be brilliant as well as a full-on faction. So it's just kind of, it's picking which ones we do, you know. And I think uh, the, the Matsudan, we've, we've got one of those uh, joining the Asterians kind of as a, as a merc for those, which is quite because they're honourable. We kind of thought they would fit together. Uh, but yeah, I think there's, we've got so many races to choose on. Nameless, they would still, you know, we still I, I, yeah. have only just really scratch the surface of what those guys are. Um, so there's lots more. So I think, there's, I think the answer is both of those and more. There's a little bit teasing across. Some bits will come in as dead zone factions because they're relatively straightforward for us. You know, eight sculpts. It changes the meta in dead zone, just like we did the, with the vermin, with the... Um, with vault the, chasers. The vault chasers, that's really wonderful stuff, you know. Um, so fairly easy to do and fun to do and a new thing to fight against or fight with and then we've got a few races that we have spoke about that are kind of reserved for that 2.0 moment where we might look at a whole game you know Zor versus something with a Starship Troopers-esque could be a board game could be a war game you know could be something so there's certain things that are so big that are a whole new race whole new genre they're kind of reserved for when we do something big with them and go straight to our plastic, go straight to vehicles, use that to 2.0 Warpath and Kings of War, and if we're ready to go, let's let's go and do it. And, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no one, no one, no, no one. Yeah. Oh, over there. Where's your hat, Ronnie? Well, there's one of my hats here. <laughs> but this is my third hat in the last 24 hours. <laughs> I shit you not. So unless someone in here has stolen two of my hats, which I believe is entirely possible from you bunch of bastards, and I've lost a light grey one, which I was photographed in front of the American flag a couple of days ago. So uh, that was lost sometime mid-afternoon yesterday, having been in the Kings of War room earlier. And then just this morning, my matching rank and flank hat, which very few of you got to see because I had it for about 15 minutes, and have actually lost it. So, does that help, Mel? Thanks. Yeah. Okay, I thought there was one more. You explaining how the works in the Yes, it would be lovely. Why do you do that? Great mom, but now 
<laughs> well, for terrain crate or just generally? Uh, well, obviously, we just completed terrain crate two, and that unlocked um, some more of the, the last finishing pieces we feel of the kind of dungeon bit, which was the Gothic Manor. It both covered the Cthulhu space, uh, the Art Deco stuff, um, but it would also work as a, you know, evil overlord's lair, you know, the, his boudoir and other such areas. Um, and then we did the village, kind of, um, we, we, the, the village one covered the period uh, mid-century, mid mid-19th century, so you can both use it for historical games like Bolt Action, but also it's, it's twee, modern-day um, zombie stuff. You know, it, it works just as well in a modern American setting, for example, because there's all that retro stuff. And then there was a blown-up version of that, which was absolutely for bolt action, where the scattered terrain was designed to with the bolt action guys, so it, it acts as cover for them, stuff like that, so it adds flavour. And this stuff works particularly well with the MDF buildings. You know, the MDF is fantastic in terms of getting square shapes on your gaming table, pieces you play around, but it's very fiddly to then decorate those. And so, obviously, um, we love that terrain angles. And obviously we've been thrown that question from Terrain Tutor, so I'm sure you all know Mel, and I've all um, backed his Kickstarter. Um, so, so yeah, and then there was one other box, which was the Modern America box, yeah. which is the post-apocalyptic, uh, the world's just blown up, probably zombies, but some, some threat is currently there, and off you go and, and playing. So we're very much trying to close out those last pieces and say to everybody else, terrain is hard, you can all bugger off. We're doing it. We've got hard plastic sci-fi scenery. We've got red brick scenery, which I don't think works quite as well, but it does do a certain job very well. And then we've got all the genres from D&D, system agnostic, all the way through to modern apocalyptic post-war periods with everything in between. So Rob's got some ideas about what's coming next, perhaps. Yeah, the, well, I really want to do kind of animals. Uh, bizarrely, yeah. only what because... What are you doing the privacy of your own home? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be on the internet. Yeah, yeah. I want to do animals. That's yeah, yeah. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ma mainly the reason I, I want to have animals as the train uh, crate is only so I can call it the Kickstarter campaign or Creatures Crate and Small. So... <laughs> Um, but I do think that's uh, actually a really useful kind of element to have. You could have all, you know, farm animals, jungle animals, all sorts. So and dead figures. I want to do dead figures. Oh, he, yeah. He's obsessed with so dead cows, dead, uh, dead. Oh, dead figures. Yeah. Dead, dead, dead minutes. Cheese. So yeah, lots going on. What, what are you up to, Mel? Why do you tell everyone in here what's currently happening? Kickstarter, isn't it for me? <laughs> you know that journey very well. Uh, halfway through funding. Uh, 38 years of making terrain because I started when I was five.
five. <laughs> uh, I only started wargaming when I was 15, when I figured there was a game I could play with it. You know, when I went back to England, found my dwarf, crack on. Uh, Good. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he was up till three yesterday, enjoying all of the uh, American hospitality. So, good. Is there any more on sci-fi? Last one. We're going to do last one on sci-fi. Uh, can you give us like a teaser taste of how some of the works might work, or how a particular uh, living legend might work? Um, yeah, so the, uh, well, I mean, you probably, you can see Andy and Shane afterwards, but the idea is, is that the, the Living Legends kind of, we had things like the Hellfather, for example, who was quite obviously a forge father. So a bit like Kings of War, we wanted to actually take them out of the mercs and into an actual proper faction list. Because the problem is, I think sometimes people wouldn't go to the back of the book, they would just kind of get, forget they existed. So the idea is they become part of the faction now, and you can recruit them as a kind of one-off specialist. <laughs> well, ask, speak to Andy and Shane. Okay. They've all got cool rules and they'll, they'll, they'll tell you through yeah. that. Okay, so let's briefly talk about The Walking Dead. Um, this is still by far one of our top sellers. Uh, I know the TV show has not quite lived up to expectations and the numbers have dropped there, but we don't have the TV licence, we've got the comic book licence. <laughs> and the comic book licence is still going strong. In fact, there's still a lot of the comic book story that we haven't even covered yet. And um, I know some of you have been by the stand trying to get season five, which came out just before Christmas, um, and we've been totally sold out. So that's the kind of success. We've had an absolutely huge success with the Here's Negan game. So this, this you know, brand is kind of very much alive and I think potentially still has some of its best years ahead. And that's because... Well, I think if to simplify, but the story of kind of Rick from waking up in his hospital through to getting to Alexandria was about scarcity of resource, surviving against the threat that was the walkers. You were always struggling for food and ammunition and everything was, was rare. Um, obviously, they started once they got to the prison having a run in with the governor. But once they hit Alexandria, they had power, they had food, and all of that stopped. Well, they met with other societies. The kingdom, hilltop, sanctuary, the saviours. And suddenly, and this is one of the reasons why we picked The Walking Dead, it's probably the IP with the biggest number of factions outside of the ones we create ourselves. Because most IPs are A versus B. Maybe if you're lucky, a third, but they don't like that complexity in those stories. You know, Star Trek versus Klingons versus a couple of others, but whereas there's, there's loads here. So, and after Alexandria became a fight between groups, it became about group versus group, player versus player. So we're putting out now, I think, I don't think people read the blog, but people kind of lose their shit. We are not stopping the all out war. The all-out war narrative is going to continue. It's probably not going to be many more expansion boxes. It'll probably just be a book with a whole load of scenarios because we've got the majority of the figures done. You know, we've got... If you're doing the prison expansion, it needs to have the prisoners in it. If you're going to do the Green Family Farm, it needs the Green Family in it. Once you get past Alexandria, if you do the hilltop, there's, there's not that many stories from the comic that you want to drop straight in. So you start creating some of your own stories about it because the interactions are far more violent. So 
alongside that, we've now got a board game for those that don't like tabletop games with tape measures and dice. Uh, well, they need dice, but so we've got here's Negan, and again that was where we went. If you, who's read the if you've read the here's Negan comic, it stops as him and his gang look at the sanctuary, and then the time jump is he's interacting with Rick when they start fighting. So the game that we've written fills in them clearing out the sanctuary. Then we've made some great fun things with it. You don't get to play Negan. He just gets to walk along and hit you and smack you with his club. Um, he's the clock, essentially. You've got to be ahead of him. You've got to be clearing it ahead of him. And actually, you've got to try and impress him and whoever does gets the most punts. Taylor is going to be playing. Here's Negan, so if you want it. Sit down with people who you think are friends but you don't really like. <laughs> and what will happen is it'll start out co-op. You'll quickly realise that in order to win, you need to be utterly ruthless to be Negan's favourite. <coughs> and by the end of it, years worth of friendships will have been destroyed. Trust will be annihilated. And uh, you'll discover the joys of the, just how horrible and vicious the game is. Um, if you're playing with your children, you can play as a straight dungeon crawler. <laughs> uh, and then the third leg is going to take you into the into the you know the space we normally live in, the dead zone space, the kings of war space, the dead space. Uh, the, this is dead a play. Space. Yeah, <laughs> I'm walking. Out. Um, this is the player versus player. You're going to pick your faction. You're going to put points. You're going to tool them up. There's going to be min maxes, as in you can only have one of every character that's in there. Um, you can't take more points than the character is. Um, you play on a double mat. So I've set it up over there. If you want to be amazed at the world-class painting of the figures that are on there, just feel free. Who painted those, Ronnie? Well, I wouldn't have to say, but... Uh, they're inked, actually. So, um, and uh, if you're 11 years old and you thrash me, I'm going to be pretty pissed off about it. So, um, so yeah, that's set up. We're going to play a game. I know that we will, but I'll happily chat to you about it. But suddenly it's going to get into that hardcore player versus player's place. And a lot of the people at this show like that kind of game. Yeah, at Gen Con, there's a lot more variety in terms of card games, board games, role-play games. There's a, it's a vast audience. A lot of the people here are very happy to line up against someone and punch them in the face for the next hour and a half. <laughs> That's what this game is. That's what this expansion is. And you've all got the figures. Yeah, you've got them already. It's about winning them out. It's then about picking out the ones you want, balancing it up. And so I'm really hoping we can have some fun with this and just... We couldn't put the player versus player out early enough because you don't have enough figures. There wasn't enough factions. The story wasn't there. So you've got to evolve as it evolves. But if we can you know, really pick it up over the summer, I think it could be great. So we'll chat about that. Any questions for The Walking Dead? Yes, sir. So uh, the comic book is going to be an issue 200 soon. And like you said, you know, the campaigns are kind of petered out a little bit. But there's going to be, there's the Whisperers faction and the Commonwealth. Are we going to see those uh, in boxes? And is your, it might be inside knowledge, is your license going to be around for a while? And then also, sorry, one other question. Um, are you going to repackage the models into like a game box that I can get my friends in by so they can play the game with me? And yes, yes, and yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... Yes, I think we're going to have the lights for a long time. They recognise the work we've done. They've done a lot of work getting the sign-offs as well. Um, absolutely, the reason that I'm making the march to war, but I'd, I'd like a cooler name because I think it's a bit too close to all-out war. But uh, So any suggestions? Apocalypse, I thought, but, you know, seems to have been taken that. Um, 
is uh, is so we can absolutely there is you know the whisperer story is predominantly the you know, Rick versus the whisperer. It's a, it's a it's a it's a war game. So absolutely the whisperers. We did Maggie and Glenn on horse in resin. Um, almost probably the London of the future is releases are going to be in resin because the quality's there. We've got our resin working perfectly now. So it's lovely. We know that the people that are still in there are quality conscious. They want the painted figures. They want that stuff. So we can, we can tap into the resin. For example, the Negan figures from the Here's Negan game will come out in a box with the all-out war cards plus the rules, however we chose to, to, to format them for the new March to War game. So that's an example. The Whisperers will come out in a pack. We're going to repackage some of our existing ones. So we'll give you six figures in a box for you know, 39.99. Um, you'll have been able to get them in boosters, but if you just want a straight throw down faction, here's one, there's a, from the thingies, here's a sniper Andrea, here's a this, off you go. So that you guys can just come in, you've got the rule book, 40 bucks, six figures, and you're up and running. So we're really excited. Timothy. Could be. We've got quite a lot of teams for Dreadbull. No, I just mean the same teams. Oh, if we can find the Masters, I suppose we could. Um, it depends if people would want to do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, there's two. Nah. Uh, that's it. If you, yeah. If you can just buy a thousand copies each of each yeah. team, then that's yeah. great. There you go. That's about par. So if you get a thousand, yeah. I think that's an agreement. We've yeah. got that. We've got that on video, so that's fine. <laughs> I think I think the internet's already shut down after your animal comment. <laughs> <laughs> Any more for Walking Dead, or we're going to walk on to? Uh... Right, let me do this one. Those one, two, and then we'll come back to you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yes. Yes, they will. Um, probably in the in the pack, or if not, we'll do catch-up packs, or we'll put the action packs with the expansions. We haven't decided exactly, but categorically, All Out War is going to continue. There is still stories we want to tell you, but they don't feel like, here's the prison story. Here's the Green Family Farm story. It feels more like... Here's a load of scenarios. Pick your figures up and away you go and, and play your way through it. Oh, he's there. Okay. What's the timing like for March of the War? Uh, August. So it came out for beta recently. The, it's printed off over there. Uh, clearly the, the game's broken because otherwise I'd have won. Um, so it uh, clearly needs some more balancing. But um, yeah, no, it's in, it's in testing, it's in playing now. We're just thrashing out. We're thinking how we launch the packs, what's in the packs, etc., etc. But in store August, I'm guessing. Yeah, if you look on the Mantic blog, you can download the rules from there. Yeah, I have it. I got to okay. get to King Cove to get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Get, get a set done for me as well, you. Yeah. To get a copy. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So let's talk fantasy. We've already talked about my animal fantasies. Everybody's going to have a hobby, Rob. So, um, well, lots and lots and lots of interesting things going on here. And I want to kind of join these dots up. So, K 
Kings of War is going to be 10 years old in September. And it was super exciting to see today that we'd increased the attendance at the Clash of Kings by nearly 300% from mid 20s last year to 62 this year. It's a wonderfully vibrant scene. And I think with all these things, you know, when you hear how old companies are and you go, well, they're quite new, 28 years old, really, okay, you know. <laughs> overnight success only took 10 years. <laughs> and I'm sure you're seeing it, you've seen it with Hellboy, I hope, but you're seeing it throughout the range. The quality of everything we're doing is getting better and better. That's largely because they let me nowhere near anything important anymore. <laughs> but Rob, Matt, uh, all the guys in the studio, you know, we're now working with Angel Heraldes to get our painting done. You know, there's just so much. The giant has just come out. I do feel like we're right on the brink, you know, of, of, of the next phase where we move out of the, the people who've made a kind of choice to join, who, who've either left GW because they've been disappointed or they were looking for something different. And that's you, you people. You've kind of, you've sought us out. You've found us when we're not easy to find. And you've liked what we're about. And that's really important to us. And you guys are our advocates. But then at some point, something tips and people just start joining. And it just starts growing. And I think one of the problems we've had is we have so many great game systems, we get excited about them all. So we can't just keep hitting one. But it does mean that when people kind of discover Mantic, they keep peeling layers off the onion and it just... It's exciting and fascinating and, and good fun. So I'm really hoping that with some of the things we've got planned, Vanguard, I'll let Rob talk about the releases, but Vanguard is recruiting into the Kings of War world. It's an easy buy-in for people because painting 200 figures is hard. And I have to say, I'm wonderfully impressed with everyone at Adepticon this year at uh, Clash of Kings, who turned up with their Mantic armies. After the Masters, I was ready to jump off a bridge because you know, the game was three, four years old. I couldn't see a Mantic model in the house. I was like, oh, why do we bother? I've come in here and almost like 60, 80% of the armies are up full or mostly Mantic. It's just fantastic. It's really great to see the people made that effort because they're doing that transition and they're coming over to us. So um, why don't you talk everyone through the next few months with the releases of Vanguard? Yep. And then I'll roll us into... Uh, all the things that we're doing about the IP building in the Kings of War. Universe. Yeah, sure. So we, we've pretty much from April, we've got four months worth of Vanguard and Kings of War content. So starting with a Force of Nature Warband, uh, they're moving into the Goblins. <laughs> Shut up! They're brilliant. Uh, so the Goblins is a full like faction release. Uh, all new models like the Wingit, the Lugit, the Bangits. They, I think they're absolutely brilliant. They're kind of. Has everyone uh, seen those? Has everyone had a chance to go by the stand? Yeah. If not, come down. I think you'll be amazed. Yeah. They are, without doubt, the greatest goblins I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> and you know a good goblin and I know, see yes. what's... Um, so, and we work really hard on those to make sure they're... Obviously, in the, in the rule book, you get the kind of starter list. You know, these are going to be massively expanded to make them even more goblin-y and ridiculous and kind of explosive. Um, so we've got those. In, then in June, we've got some time off. I think. And then July, we've got Trident Realm. Uh, so Trident Realm, um, that's a bit like the Force of Nature. So we've got uh, kind of packaging up some of the existing sculpts along with the brand new Dam Buster. So that's that big frog on frog action downstairs. Um, so 
Yeah. yeah. Animals again. Yeah, yeah. So that's an awesome kind of big resin piece as well. Um, so that one's in July. Uh, and then August, we've got uh, Undead coming out. And again, a bit like the Goblins, that'll be a big release, lots of new models. Uh, we've got some really disgusting stuff for those guys, actually. Uh, may or may not have some previews on here. Um, so I think the, the idea is we, we want to keep adding with new factions, so going through things like the Goblins, the Undead, picking out ones where we want to do full faction releases, and we've got plenty more of those planned as we keep on going along. Uh, and then also do kind of almost mini releases where we package up some of the awesome models we've already got and kind of make them more kind of vanguard friendly, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then in the summer we've also got a supplement which is called Ice and Iron, uh, which is about the Abyssal Dwarfs kind of an attacking uh, the Northern Alliance, because no one's really sure what the Northern Alliance are protecting. They've got something secret. Uh, no one's quite sure what this is. So this starts that kind of story arc within Kings of War about what's going on in the north, uh, what are they protecting, what have they found, uh, and uh, is it good or, or bad? So the Abyssal Dwarfs kind of a bit beaten up after uh, Eye of the Abyss, the campaign. So they're kind of wanting to find out, get some more power and kind of come back strong. Uh, so that'll be really exciting. That'll have new campaign rules in, uh, some new units as well. So a bit like we did with Outbreak for Dead Zone. Uh, Vanguard's going to be similar to that. Uh, Ice and Iron's going to be similar to that. But uh, we, I mean, we're, we're absolutely, you know, Vanguard is totally the way into fantasy for us. You know, it's a great entry, you know, 10 to 15 models. You're immediately in there. You're finding out more about our world. You know, who are the Trident Realm? Who are, you know, what are our goblins like? What are our orcs like? And then, you know, you, there, your next jumping off point is obviously Kings of War. So it's a feeder, a real great feeder into our fantasy world and, and yeah. getting more people playing Kings of War as well. So we're on a third print of the Vanguard book. So, you know, it's really gone out there. And I still don't think there's a lot of coverage. You know, certainly in the US, it's just hard to find. You know, and I've been going into stores that took a big wadge of it and then it's vanished again. Um, so hopefully if we could just find a decent salesman here in the US yeah. who could phone up all of those stores, call them and get them to take lines like Vanguard, have an easy buy-in, uh, my life would come much easier and, and then I wouldn't have to berate them in public and tease them and things like that. Okay, nice. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> and people said Americans don't get sarcasm. Come on. <laughs> So um, yeah, no. So we've got a, we've got we've got a guy who's going to be out there calling up the stores, <laughs> and and you know just to take what Rob said, there's two there's two types of factions in Vanguard now. There's the ones that are Mantic, Northern Alliance, Abyssals, Basileans, and then there's the ones that we find are the obvious stepping off points because people know what a dwarf is, a goblin is, and an undead is. Everything in our factions are kind of cool and new. You know, when we did the Northern Alliance, the Ice Fang and the Snow Troll and all those things, great sculpts, great rules. If, you, if you're into that, you, you, you go straight away. When you come to the old tropes, the goblins, the dwarfs, the undead, you've got to do something spectacular. It's our chance to really show off and move on what undead means in the world of Mantic. And from day one, you know, our undead looked like an army. They, were, they didn't look like a dead army, they looked like an army that had been killed and then raised. So they had that theme. So we always had that IP teased in there. And, and Vanguard is a great opportunity, like Dead Zone was and Dreadwall was, in a relatively small sculpt to tell some more stories. And when you see things like goblins firing more beasts out of a mortar, and then they land, run off, and start biting things, you're starting to get some of that, what Mantic's going to be about in the next phase. 
and it's wonderful for us. And you know, we've got some like, why are the cards for everything out? You say, because <laughs> there's, there's this game at two levels. The stuff that's in the book, it's about balanced. Everyone has five or six units, and you can play. And then we're going to go back to each faction and do wonderful, beautiful things, like ogres in full plate mail armor, like goblins with, you know, more ball- big bats. Big bats. Yeah. Cool, lots of cool things. And that's what's joyous about Vanguard is we can just keep pushing on the boundaries, telling stories and building up the IP. I mean, it takes months and months to come up with these new, you know, the, the Goblins in particular, because that's a big release with lots of different units. It takes months to kind of obviously originally come up with the ideas for what we want the units to do and then to get the sculpting done and things like that. So it's not like we can just bang, bang, bang. Yeah, and then they're the- going to appear in Kings of War. Yeah. You know, these are the future units of... And I saw some Northern Alliance armies today made out of the plastics from Vanguard. And they just got them down on the gaming table and off they'd gone. The people can pick it up and take it. And that's wonderful and it's great. And I think, so what the next phase for us about Kings of War is going to be is about building out those stories. It's about layering up what we are, what it's about. Basileans are getting their hard plastics, they're coming out. The Night Stalker release was just a couple of months ago, brand new army. That's starting to roll out. That was on the gaming table, and, and increasingly so. We've got, in the room, we've got the Winged Hussar chaps who are writing the novels for the Mantic Universe. I think those of you that were here last year saw them. So do you want to just give everyone a brief outline of what the release schedule is and, and, and what we're doing there? So for those of you who remember, I'm Vince Ross, I'm the publisher Okay, now then, 
notorious as I am for uh, leaking. There's also, there's also a part of the story that's not an army. There's, there's forces at work, and I don't know if any of you seen the Easter egg in the Vanguard book from the Elven Library. If you haven't, go and find it. <laughs> um, that's right. There's something on that page. There's a map. There you go, that's all the clues you're getting. But we're starting to expand out the story and we're spending a lot of time, as you can hear, with, with Vince, <coughs> but also through these books that are now coming out, the, the, the annual novels and the summer campaigns, we're starting to move the story on. Because we're super happy where the, you know, the, 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 the game itself is, but we know that we want to build and tell a story. And one of the big protagonists that's unseen in this story is something called the League. League of what? Infamy, that's right. The League of Infamy. Um, the League is one of those, it doesn't really exist, types of societies, but whenever things that are supposed to happen are supposed to happen and certain people are supposed to die, if you followed the pieces of string, you know, the weapons that were sold to this place that allowed them to arm up, which allowed them to take that, which meant that they got those materials that then went up in value and you found out that the people who were mining them were the same people who sold the weapons to these guys. That's the League. The League makes all of the bad things happen. These are one of the really bad guys and you're never going to see them, you're never going to hear from them because they don't exist. That's all I'm going to say about the League. <laughs> Keep watching. There's going to be something really exciting. Good questions. Yeah, so when Vanguard um, first came out, you guys talked a lot about uh, the models and some of the, the alternative scrolls that maybe were, were kind of created in uh, anticipation of releasing those for Kings of War. Can you guys talk a little bit about your philosophy on if we're going to see those alternate scrolls and also releasing the awesome Vanguard models and more Kings of War friendly? Uh, yeah, uh, so things like the uh, Ogre Palace Guard, are they in the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're in this summer's... So, you know, it, it's not a coincidence that we, we held back the Basilei and hard plastics to coincide with the book. Is it the summer? We've got a book in the summer? No, it's the Basilei and New Mega Army, Basilei. Right. And they're going to be in that? Yes. Great. So you're starting to see, that's exactly what we're talking about, you're starting to see, because there's the prime sculpt to do the changes and do it out in resin, relatively straightforward, out into the mega army. And with the rules in the Clash of Kings 19? Yes. Yeah, so that's, it's starting to happen. It's going to happen in a big way, uh, probably towards the end of the year onwards, because it takes about that long before you've got through the Vanguard, released it all, then done the conversions, then made the moulds, then put the moulds out, put them on the release schedule and... So, but you're starting to happen with the Basileans, you're going to see the first ones. There's, of course, going to be goblins with more beast mortars. You know, how can there not be? How can there not be that big giant flying bat thing? All of this stuff is all going to be starting to roll into Clash of Kings 20 and, and other things that we plan on doing. And I think also with like the dwarves, you've seen the release of, of singles. So like the flame priest, the, uh, the steel juggernaut, 
Um, so that's the idea for those, is that we know people, you know, one of the things we had with the original one is people wanted just the individuals, so we started doing that as well to make sure that they're easier to get for Vanguard. So you could buy just that one model yeah. if you want. Yeah, yeah. The Correct. And when we did Vanguard, we wanted people to go bosh, bosh, boost and starter, and you're up and running. But actually, over time, people are not going to want to pay for resin figures they don't want. And Kings of War players, you know, for every Kings of War player, all of those Vanguard figures, the dwarf ones, they're your heroes in your regiment. You know, you want that guy at the front, the sharpshooter is in a heroic pose. The shield breaker is in a heroic pose. These are designed for Kings of War players to just to add that beautiful character. If you, you know, if you can be bothered making a Kings of War army, Tyler, um, to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to lift them. So that's why we're starting to do them as singles, because it gives you that choice. So is that, are the Ogre Palace Guard ever going to be for the Ogres? No. No? The Basilians. Oh, come on. They're <laughs> never going to leave. Never go home. No, they're, they're the Basilians would take the armor back. <laughs> <laughs> the armor's on lease. Well, they could try. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'd love to leave it a big way. These are, these are decent, honourable, upstanding ogres. <laughs> Not those filthy, dirty, smelly ogres. Oh! They fell for a good bath. <laughs> <laughs> when, when can we expect any balance updates? I feel like there's some things that are, you know, a little too powerful. In <laughs> Vanguard. Yes. So the Rules Committee is working on Arata at the minute. Uh, and obviously you've got ice and iron out in the summer. So around the summertime. Yeah. So we've got, I mean, it's only really... You know, it's when did it come out? October time. So we kind of want to make sure, make sure more tournaments are played, like the tournament here, get feedback from there. Uh, we've got a tournament at HQ, which sold out in two hours. So it's actually one of the biggest tournaments we've done actually at Mantic itself. Uh, so that's really positive and we can obviously see what the reaction is from that, get feedback from people um, and then go from there. So yeah, it's being worked on as we speak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this guy, this guy at the back, he's been... Yeah, yeah, no. So, yeah, that, that, that rule book, the, the updated summer book is errata, balance, updates, new, new units. Yeah, you announced the oh. uh, RBG was coming out soon. What's the status on that? The, the, uh, yep. So, I mean, just very briefly, there's a chap called Mark Langworthy. He's just done the first draft. Yeah, so it's kind of... Uh, it's. So Red Scar, who asked it? Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, right, okay. So uh, yeah, Red Scar Publishing's working on that. They've, uh, they're working, on, it's, it's like licensed, they've licensed it from us, but we're working very closely. They're doing lots of new artwork that we're all approving. We're approving any kind of slightly crazy ideas they have. Um, and just kind of making sure that, you know, if, if, you know, if you're into RPGs, that's another great entry, you know, along with Vanguard, that's another yeah. great entry into our world and into kind of what we've created. So they're doing that at the minute. They're kind of doing some playtesting as well. So it'll be at the Magic Open Day. I know you guys won't be there probably, but it will be being playtested there. It's going to be one of our secret rooms. We're going to have two or three secret rooms that day, which shows you just how many secret rooms we need for the so many secrets. And then we're running it. I think he's going to be taking it to Kickstarter in late summer. I think it's his plan. Yeah. So that, this, this okay. there. Yes. So, in regards to the campaign that happened a while ago for Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but actually, uh, Edge of the Abyss uh, from Brandon used a lot of those. It was all about those battles that took place. So we gave them the locations, and we said, well, actually, uh, these guys won, these guys lost. 
Um, so yeah, it was kind of used for that. Well, it was tricky because no, it's a simple answer. No, because it was kind of, it was Beast of War did it. They had certain ways where you had to submit the data. That, so, uh, but I mean, everyone earned those like badges and things like that. So yeah. we did have like prizes during the campaign. Because Beast of War ran it, the data's not ours. Um, we ran the Dead Zone one. We will be running all future ones, and we will be able to 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 acknowledge the journeys and the uh, efforts of people, because um, we think it's we think that's a big part of kind of the community. And we've got some, you know, I've got some pretty big thoughts about how I'd like to treat that in the future as well, so. Bill. Yes, Bill. All right, um, is there a plan for a League of Wardio Warband down the line? Because I really like one. And <laughs> <laughs> um, who wrote Iron Resolve in Vanguard? Anything wrong with Vanguard is Matt Gilbert's fault because he's okay. not here. Anything that's brilliant about it is all me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is, it is brilliant and I love it. You guys that bit was me. <laughs> My third question was going to be for the RPG. Is that going to be using a D8 system similar to Vanguard so that people who are playing Vanguard can use those combat so, mechanics? It uses the Red Scar's got a, something called the Tricore system. Uh, that they've so kind of. No, he's he's taking it from another system. I no, think. he's not. He's doing it. It's Tricore. It's not Savage Worlds. Because I, my thought process was use the D8 system because you already know it and then add it. No, so I, he, he, that's not what he said. Anyway. No, no, it's, it's no. Does he change his mind? Mm -hmm. He might change and change his back. Anyway. Okay. Nah. Yeah, okay. Fine. Okay, there we okay, go. let's do it. We'll come offline. Your army's nice. First question. One of the great things about Vanguard is sculpting a war band is not a big, is not a massive commitment for us. Doing a, an army in hard plastic is a major investment in time and money and risk. So we can be more flamboyant and excitable and indulged when it comes to war bands. And things that I said, we're never doing that. Like the Brotherhood as an army, is a really exciting vanguard faction. They'll be a but, bit wet, but I mean, it's Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the idea of them, because basically, while their power base is broken up, they're, in, they're still living. Yeah. And then they're either now working with the Basileans, so the Basileans use them as a buffer, so they start having Basilean equipment and doing that, or they're hiring themselves out as mercenaries, so they're starting to get slightly down at heel and they're having to like drag their people along with them well that just that's just tends to be warband you know how cool would that be where they're just slightly shabby and slightly shit you know um yeah exactly don't start so um so yeah so Roder don't know specifically what the list is we've got as far as the undead but we will be doing more Well, and the halflings, or do we do we do a hard plastic sprue or halflings? You know, so um, you know the Northern Alliance are the Northern Alliance are in sculpting or finished sculpting now. They are in hard plastic. They're not going to Kickstarter. They're coming straight out to retail. Please, just go and buy them. We need we need you to uh, we need you to buy these plastic figures. They're a big commitment for us. But that's when the Ice Giant comes out. We've got the Northern Alliance in PVC for the hero figures and everything else like that. So we'll have some beautiful resin with it. There's an arm that's going to hit. It's never been done. It's pure mantic. Pardon? Okay. Last couple of questions and we're calling today.
Well, you've not asked one, and then I'll come to you. And, one well, here as well. and then we'll go. That's your third one. Okay. I have a question about the Ice Iron book. You said it's in the Vanguard book. Will there be any Kings of War content? Yeah, yes. So, yeah, similar. There'll be Kings of War hooks, like yeah. there is for that one. Yeah. So, if you play Ice and Iron, there'll be new kind of hooks into Kings of War, but it will be predominantly kind of about Vanguard. Obviously, like again, you can link the games together, so you'll be able to play like a big siege or something like that at the end, based on how your Vanguard faction, uh, how your Vanguard games are. Played. I don't think there'll be anything that Kings of War that won't be of interest to Vanguard players. Similarly, vice versa. Of course, I think it's got to be. You know, it's got the storyline, the narrative. There's going to be things going on in there. There'll be bits of of snippets and a lot of hints. Yeah, so there'll, there'll be definitely <laughs> stuff. Um, whether we put rules in for Kings of War, we're probably going to save those for the um, year year end. But in the uh, the edge of the abyss, uh, edge of the abyss novels, there's a couple stories that had to do with fighting on the high seas with ships and things like that. Is there any chance we see any incorporation of that into Vanguard? I mean, we have a pirate salamander, you know, as a mercenary. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be fun, couldn't it? I can't tell you the plans. That, you know, there isn't plans per se, but the charm of Vanguard, if this gets really big, and I hope it does, you know, I think it's in his early stages, it's it, it very easy access where we get better coverage. If we can put products out and it sells, we can do anything. And we can have a book every six months for it. Let's set it here. Let's set it on the high seas. Let's set it as a boarding actions. You know, a lot of cool things become available that, that are a major commitment when we're doing them at war game level, not so much when we're doing them at skirmish level. And, and, and I think there's just a, there's bigger audiences for it. Mark. Roddy. Yeah. So, uh, Matt was very uh, forthcoming with the upcoming Vaseline refresh, but he said, for the Night Stalker future releases, we had to twist your arm, and he said this would be the place to do it. So, uh, anything you can tell us about future Night Stalker releases? No. I mean, they come from Matt's mind. Yeah, we don't know what goes on in Matt's mind. <laughs> Can you imagine how sick and twisted a man has to be to come up with that army? <laughs> I'm going nowhere I'm near. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a sick and twisted man. So, honestly, uh, uh, no. Is this supposed to be? Am I supposed, is this a hint? Are you, are you throwing me Are you throwing me one? Are you throwing me a... Well, you, you, yeah, I thought you were throwing me here and I'm like swinging and missing. Uh, I have no knowledge of anything that is coming out for Night Stalkers. Am I supposed to know anything? No, I don't know anything. No. Unless Matt's got something, unless Matt's doing something that well, we don't know about, then... He's being so subtle, <laughs> he's fallen. So, okay, I'm going to be circulating. Rob's going to be available. We'll be around. A couple of things at the back, my beautiful assistant. Um, is uh, one of the things that you guys are wonderful for is spreading the word, spreading the joy of Mantic. <coughs> so we've recently went to one of our distributors that ordered from us 10 years ago, um, and we kindly sold the crap out of them with our owls. So um, we've also just found some of our Kings of War rule books. So I, I, for you guys only, I'm not putting this on the stand or for anything else but here, Kings of War rule book, the hardback rule book, tonight, tonight only, and maybe tomorrow if you come out of stand, is five bucks. And that's because I'd love you to buy one and give it to your friend and say, play this game, it's fantastic, you idiot. <laughs> okay? Now, you may have played yours to death and you may need one for the shelf, in which case it's a thank you. But the stack of those, when they've gone, they've gone, but they're just five bucks. 
Um, so please spread the word. As you know, the rules are free to download online for Vanguard, for Kings of War, for Dreadball, and for uh, even The Walking Dead. So they're on there. But if you want to actually give a book to somebody, five bucks. And if you want to give them an elf army, $20 for 50 figures. Wow, including a bowl thrower. So there's been two or three beautiful elf armies out there. We've got some of our very old original packaging. One day this will be worth millions on eBay. Um, but we know our Marmite elves are over there. If you want a box, they're 20 bucks. Thanks Before everybody. Finish, Ronnie, there's a special little gift for you here. Right. Uh, ah. Okay, so I've got some gifts. And then after that, we're gonna be playing games and drinking beer until we bastards. So, here we are, there's the first of my hats, no. there's the second of my hats. So, Alright guys, uh, the no video part is to come around here and take a look at the screen. Uh, I'm going to fold it over so people can see yeah. that way as well. So, yeah, yeah. Or is it Ronnie in the hand? No. no. Some special releases. Have a look. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.